Good morning, Rabotai. Breakfast and the class today on the first day of Hanukkah is sponsored by Yaakov Shirazi. That's Lachaba Komi Kokol for success in everything, as well as sponsored by Joseph Safra in honor of the inimitable and fantastic Rabbi Mimun Miller. Rabotai, the Pasuk tells us by Yehimi Kitchen at time Yamim, and it was after two years' time, Upar'o Holem and Par'o Dreams. First thing I want to point out is so important. Yosef is stuck in a pit somewhere else. Two years he needs to sit in prison. Why does he need to sit in prison for two years? Because he says, Zachor Zichartani, Vizkartani. He says, remember me, remember. By the way, in England there's a phrase that goes, remember, remember, the 5th of November. So you got to say something twice, remember, remember, if you want someone to remember something. So Yosef said, remember, remember, the prisoner in the bar. And it wasn't good. Hashem did not like the poem. Hashem said, you said it twice, that's it, you're out. Now you have to wait two more years on top of the time that you, stood, that you sat in the board. Okay? Now, what's amazing to me is two things. We're going to discuss in just one minute. The first part is a side point. That when Yosef's time to leave happens, what happens in the other side of the, uh, the other city? On the fancy side of the city, not in the pit, not in the prison. What happens? Paro starts to have a dream. We find this again and again and again and again. The Jewish people are suffering. What happens? What happens to the Melech, the king in his bed? He has a dream and in his dream there's a collusion, there's a plot, a mutiny between being planned between Esther and Haman. So when the Jewish people, when something is going on in your life, and you have no idea how it's going to develop, how it's going to be saved. You can't see a way out. What happens? Somewhere else, in a place that you never could have imagined it coming from, something changes. Something happens to allow the story, your story, to play out. But Rabotai, I want to focus on something else, especially on this amazing holiday of Hanukkah. We read about the fact that Yosef... He said twice, remember me, and because of that he's punished. Because he should have had emunah. Now I want to quote to you a midrash. And the question is famous, it's asked by everybody. The midrash says in Bereshit Rabbah, Praiseworthy is the man who places Hashem as his trust. Ze Yosef. This means Yosef. Who is someone that trusted in God? Yosef. But he did not turn to those in power, those uh, in, in, uh, in, what's, in positions of influence. Who is that referring to? Continues the Midrash. Because he said to the Saramashkim, added to him was two more years. One more time. The Midrash is schizophrenic here. The beginning of the Pasuk says, Praiseworthy is he, Hashem, Hashem, Who is that? Yosef. Who did not turn to someone who's in power? Who's that referring to? Yosef. Which one is he? Is he the first one or is he the second one? Good question. So many answers to this. Not as many answers as there is to the question of how come we have eight lights of candles, eight nights of Hanukkah instead of seven? That there's over 500 answers for, okay? However, there's many answers to this, but I want to focus on one opinion. So, <clears throat> Rav Yitzchak from Vorka, the Vorka Rav, I believe, said something unbelievable, and he said as follows. To answer, he answered by way of a story. 
The great Reb Elimelech of Lezhensk, which is an unbelievable journey if everyone has ever been, everyone's never, anyone's never been to go to pray in the oil over there, it's remarkable. I've been there many, many, many times, and we've had some crazy, spooky stories where we were praying for things in the oil, and before we left the room, the person got a text from the hospital that the, the thing that we were praying for with all the students, we were praying for this person to have a successful operation. Before we left the oil, the person, the child of this person gets a text on their phone, and they say, the doctors say, we cannot find the tumor. Okay? Forget, never mind the successful operation. It's disappeared. We can't find it. We've had some crazy stories when a person understands what this means. You don't place your, your, your trust in anyone but God, not in a doctor, not in, uh, in your health care, not in Obamacare, not in Batikh care, but in HaKadosh Baruch Hu care. He has the best plan, I promise you this. And the funny thing is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's plans don't put the country trillions of dollars in debt. Okay, now check this out, Rabotai. So he tells a story about Rebbe Elimelech of Lezhensk. And once upon a time, he was sitting and he was doing tashlich in the, in the uh, river. And the custom is when someone does tashlich, they empty their pockets because they want to get rid of all the avonot. All of a sudden, Rabbi Elimelech sees one of his students is walking around, bending down where he was emptying all of his pockets. He asks his student, what are you doing? Why are you sitting here? So he said, Rabbi, your sins that you're getting rid of are the biggest mitzvot that I could ever achieve. So I'm trying to pick up your avonot. The greatest tzaddikim, what were the averot? That they learned all of shas, but they, they learned it while they were relaxing a little bit, hekel like this. And they weren't leaning forward. That's the great avon of the tzaddikim. My rabbi in yeshiva, by the way, he was, such a, he was such a matmid. He never ever took off time from learning, ever. So they used to say about him that you know what his ben azmanim was? In between, you know, everyone goes out, goes touring, goes do it. You know what his vacation with yeshiva was? He would go with his habruta and he would take his shtender, the lectern, and he would put it on the bench because it was closer to him. It was more comfortable so we'd be able to see it. That was, his, that was his vacation. You understand? So someone like that, you know, that look at how he's disrespecting the Torah. If only I would have his disrespectful Torah, I would be a thousand times bigger than I am today, a million times bigger. So Rebelli this was Rebbe Elimelech of Lezhensk. So I want to share with you what the Avon of Rebbe Elimelech was. One time they saw he was praying and he was very, very upset. So they came to him and they said, why are you so upset? He says, today, he says, I spoke after Hodu. So they said to him, really, why? What happened? He says, he didn't want to talk about it. Clearly, he was very much upset. What happened? He says, the truth is, this woman came and there was a terrible situation, and someone was being taken to the hospital, and they needed someone to, and I said to her, tell me your name, and I'll put you in my prayers. And she told me the name, and I prayed for them, and you know, because it was a sakanat nefashot. So I said, Rebbe, but it's sakanat nefashot. He says, yes, but it was after Hodu. Wow. The student says, wait a second, Rabbi, I don't understand. You don't pray Nusach Ashkenaz. Nusach Ashkenaz, they say, Baruch Shahmar before Hodu. Right? We, Sepharadim, and Nusach Sepharad, which is the Hasidim, right? Where do they say, Baruch Amar? They say, after Hodu. She says, you spoke after Hodu, Azaku Baruch, it's not a problem, because it's still before Baruch Shamar. He says, yes, but for the Ashkenazim, it's after Baruch Shamar. And I spoke after Hodu. Do you understand? This is the sins 
of Rebbe Elimelech. So I want to point out this unbelievable idea. Says Rebbe Yitzchak Mivorka, he says, if that's Rebbe Elimelech, if I'm telling you a story about my Rosh Hashiva, if you ever met someone like Rabbi Kaduri, Chamovad, you're like, wow. You think Yosef HaTzadik was not a thousand trillion million times bigger than them? So when we're talking about Yosef HaTzadik, says the Varka Rebbe, unbelievable. That's what the Midrash means. Ashrei Gever, praiseworthy is someone who has tremendous bitachon in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You want to know how much bitachon Yosef had? If you analyze what he was punished for, he was punished because when he said one word, he said zikhar, he didn't do a shtedlut, he didn't go online, he didn't get a degree from DeVry, right? He didn't go call it 16 people. He said one extra word. And by the way, I want to point this out. Whose plan was it that the Sarah Mashkim and the Sarah Ofim should have a dream? God's plan. So when Yosef was telling the guy to remember him, was he supposed to do that? He was supposed to do that. Not only that, could you imagine if he wouldn't have done it, God would have said, what do you mean? I sent you the guy. I sent you the boat. I sent you the raft. I sent you the helicopter, right? You know the joke. So here he's doing exactly what he's supposed to. And yet that extra word. So therefore, says the Varka Rebbe, that's how you know that he was such a level of bitachon because look at how he's being judged. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he judges his tzaddikim at the highest of levels. Now, I want to end with this one idea and then maybe kind of bring it back to Hanukkah. Um, the, one of the great Musar, one of the great Musar uh, uh, proponents was the altar of Nevada. And he was in Kiev when the Nazis, Yemach Shemam, they came to the town. And they're running around and they're shooting everything and you know, doing everything Majnun. And everyone is very afraid in the war. And everyone is screaming and everyone is yelling and everyone is flipping out. And he says, what do you say? I don't care who's coming, who's not coming. Today is Simchat Torah. We have the Hakafot. We're going to have the Sefer Torah. Everyone's in the yeshiva, exactly like any other day. He gets the Sefer Torah and he's dancing. And what is he singing? He's singing the songs. You know, uh, It's unbelievable. I, was, I, got, a, I got goosebumps. He, he's sitting, he's singing the, what's it called? He's singing as he said to them, This is what I trust in, in the Sefer Torah. I don't need anything. And he's dancing. What happens at the end? They make Kiddush. So he stands up, they fill up the glass to the tip top, and he's making Kiddush. As he starts making Kiddush in the Bet Midrash, they hear loud screams and sounds. They're coming around the corner in their trucks. And they're shooting everywhere. And they're shooting into the Bet Midrash of the, of the altar of Navardak. Every student, every rabbi, every, everything falls down to the ground. They're hiding under the benches. They're covering themselves with talets, with gemar, whatever they could cover to make sure to take cover. Everyone except for the altar of Navardak. Doesn't move. Carries on making kiddush. They drive by. They don't come in the building. After shooting the place up, they thought, good enough. You know, we've done the damage we need to do. The students rose up and they came and they saw that the altar had, had been making Kiddush while they were firing into the Bet Midrash. His hand had not moved. He hadn't spilled a single drop of wine. If this is the altar, then we understand, we begin to understand what we're talking about. The ideas of Bitachon with, uh, with Yosef HaTzadik, Rabotai. And it's a crazy thing. Our Bitachon has an unbelievable generative power. You see, we think that our bitahon, our trust in God, what it is, is it means that we could be more relaxed because God's going to take care of it. But what we don't realize is 
that emunah works the other way around. It generates God's response. And one of the most beautiful ideas I ever heard was from Rabbi Waxman. He says the word emunah, the root of the word emunah is ka'asher. What's the omen etayonek? The nursing mother holds her baby. What causes a nursing mother's milk to come? The fact that she has a baby. That means it's not that the baby drinks the mother's milk, but it's the needs of the baby and the crying of the baby that forces, that starts the mother to begin to produce milk. Our emunah is generative. When we take our minorot out and we go to the street and we light the candles and we say, Kasher, like HaKadosh Baruch Hu did nisim la'avotenu bayamim ahem, but we could say with certainty, Bazeman hazeh, then the nisim that we need today, HaKadosh Baruch Hu also performs them. I think this is such an important point. I think people are missing out on the generative power of Hanukkah. On every holiday, what do we say? That the power that exists in the holiday is latent there for us to take advantage of. So if Hanukkah is a holiday of impossible miracles, we can leverage that power to be able to bring that into our lives. But what do we need to do? We need to steal ourselves and recognize that the things that we're worrying about, to say to ourselves, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's got it. He's got it. I know I have to do what I have to do, but more than what I have to do, nothing. And you know what? Even if I can't see a way out, and the boss is not going to give me the raise that I need, and I'm not going to make the thing, the amount of money at the end of the month that I need to finish it, the answer to that is, somehow, somewhere, Paro is going to begin to dream for you. Paro Holem. At the end of Miket Shenatayim Yamin, when Hashem says it's supposed to be over, it will be over. Hashem should bless us to see the cats, the end of all of our troubles and all of all our suffering. And Bezat Hashem, we should be zochet to see only the aura and only the light of Beracha and Hatzlacha in our homes.